Kids, you're dismissed. You know what to do. You know what's happening around here. You don't need me telling you what to do. Binky, did he say hi to Nana? Did she say hi to you? Okay, all right. (laughs) Well, we were undecided, and Mary Beth decided, so... What are you kids doing? My family expands, but I've always had many kids around (laughs) here at these. Um, Well, welcome. My name's Matthew. If you're visiting here, I'm the lead pastor here at West Edge, and and we're so happy to to host you today. You are our distinguished guest of of honor, and I hope that um, our, our people are sharing graciously um, a warm welcome with with you, but we are so happy that you're here, and and if it's been a while, uh, welcome back home. Um, We're we're so glad that we can be together. Um, Nothing can stop you. You're those brave Canadians that snow can fall, and you'll still put the car in drive. Unbelievable. There's nothing that you can't do. You prove that today, that any obstacle that you come up against, uh, that obstacle is going to lose. Um, because God is with us, and he makes us victorious. And what I love about this assembly of people is it's a bunch of people that believe that there's something greater on the other side of struggle. And that's what we're really talking about today is this um, conversation about being people of growth. People who who grow, and, and, and this idea of growth really is the process of increasing. That, that's what growth is. It's, it's this ability that we have to continue to increase, but, but there's this opposition that tries us to, to, to convince us that the more we move forward, the more opposition is against us, and, and what that results in is decrease. The reason why we don't take the risk in life is because we're so focused on what we will lose rather than what we will gain. But God says, I called my children to be growing children. Healthy children grow. And if you're going to grow, you got to believe that there's going to be increase. I want to encourage you this morning that there, there is something in front of you. And some of us Lord Jesus, we, we've come up against it and we are against it. There are struggles and there are difficulties and there are such numerous things even in this room that, that you're holding and dealing with that, that I don't even have the wisdom to speak into, but I pray that the Holy Spirit would, would, would guide you with, with, with peace and wisdom to, to reach your soul, to let you know that it's not over. That, that there is more. And so with that little introduction, I, I want to read a, a portion of Scripture. Um, I'm, I'm going to get comfortable. Um, but don't get so comfortable that you lose focus. The, this portion of Scripture is, is about fear. This is about um, something that we can come up against, that we are convinced there is no way we can succeed. But what this scripture is really about is growth. That in order for Israel 
to increase, it had to get out. It had to be delivered out of something so that it could go into something greater. And so we're picking up in uh, Numbers chapter 13. Um, I apologize. I'm not so prepared. I I didn't get the scriptures um, up. So you're just going to have to listen to my sweet voice. 13 and uh, I think we'll, we'll start around verse 26. Um, now they departed and, and came back to Moses and Aaron. And all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they, they brought back a word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the the people who had dwelled in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak, the, the Amaleks, dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, by the long banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb, he quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and, and take possession for all, for, for, for we are well able to overcome it. There's so much good in front of us. Let's just go, go after it. Let, let, let's, let's get this. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. This report that the spies gave out said that though the land which the the spies had gone into they believe that the land devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants, the descendants of Anak from, uh, that came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So all the congregation... They lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation and said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? that our wives and our children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation and before the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Num and Caleb, um, the the son of Jepham, who were among those... um, who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good 
land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And the congregation said to stone them with stones. And now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meetings before all the children of Israel. And I'm going to skip to verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned accordingly to your word, but truly I live, and all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these, now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and the descendants shall inherit it. Now the Amalekites, the Canaanites, dwell in the valley. Tomorrow turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Uh, we're going to move out into a new land. We're, we're going to move out into something that is greater. Growth, the, the, the process of increasing Mary Beth, she delivered a baby yesterday. Amazing. Yeah, we're, I, I was just so excited. The, the process often of, of the dad is um, to, to support by different corners of different rooms throughout the day. And, and so I would be put in this corner and I'd say, girl, you got this. Don't even worry about a thing while this giant needle is ins inserted in her. And, and it just went on and, and, and on. She had to endure so much. There was so much struggle that she had to endure. And, and this, this, this phrase that the doctors kept saying in the delivery room is you're, you're gonna feel some pressure. <laughs> there, there's gonna be some pressure. And I want you to know that in order for us to receive a promise, it's always preceded by some pressure. And I came not to deliver a baby, but I came to deliver a message to you. Because I know some of you are here and there's some difficult circumstances. Lord knows what you're going through. But I want you to know that you just need to put that all aside and remember that there's some pressure before you get to the promise. Because I know this. I know this. That God has something deep down inside of you. And I don't care if you're 90 you're 60, 40, 20. I know that God's got something living, kicking and screaming down on the inside of you, screaming, let me out. It, it, it's time to get out. Let me out. And, and you, you, you need to deliver something in this world that God has for you to give to this world. There, there's something in you that, that is only uniquely in you to give to this world, that this world needs, this, this 
I look at my new baby girl and I just see this new life and this new love. There's new life that is to come out of you and new love to come out of you. He's put something inside of you, but there's some pressure before you can get to that promise. There's something waiting to be delivered in this room. There's some books and, and there's even some, some companies. There, there's encouragement and there's, there's hope and there's love. There's forgiveness. There's some ministries that are, are waiting to be delivered outside of you. But, but, but it's always in the context of some pressure before you can get to the promise. And, and that's what, exactly what we, we read in, 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 this, in this good book. Is that in order for Israel to flourish... It had to get out of Egypt and go into Canaan. It, it, it couldn't grow where it was. It, it, couldn't, it couldn't become who it needed to be, who God proclaimed them to become. They could not become that because they could not get the nourishment and the sustainability that they needed in the wilderness, and so they had to get out. And to go into something greater. The context of Madeline having to be born early was because she wasn't getting the nutrients that she needed where she was. It was this term that the doctor said she was growth restricted. And so she had to, she had to get out. She, she wasn't getting what she needed where she was. She, she had to get out. If she was going to thrive, she, she had to get out. And, and so many of us were growth restricted. We're, we're in an environment where we can't get the nutrients that we need to thrive. We're, we're in an environment and a space and a place where, where I can't get what I need in order for me to thrive. And so I need a new environment. I can't stay in Egypt. I'm not getting what I need. I can't stay in the wilderness any longer. I got to get out of the wilderness and I got to get into Canaan. I, I, I got I to gotta get out. And, and, and so I wonder what environment you're in that, that's, that's not allowing you to thrive, that, that, that won't allow you to grow. What is the place? Or maybe it's not a place. Who are the people that you're surrounded with that are restricting your growth? What, what kind of thoughts are you consumed by that create this environment where you cannot grow? You, you, you're restricted. What's keeping you from that process of increase? I, I, think, I think to the level we achieve significance in life, like meaningful life, is to the degree that we choose to live courageously. What's impeding the growth? I think it's courage. 
I think it's courage. They didn't have the courage to step out of what they were in and step into what God had for them because they didn't have the courage. This whole two chapters are about fear. They, they were fearful. They didn't have the courage. You know, there's this, there's this uh, I, I think it's Revelation 21. I'm, I apologize. I, I didn't have time to prepare the way I wanted to. But, but I think it's in there. I'll correct it if, if I'm wrong or you can correct me. I know some of you really like doing that. Um, but but there, there's, there's this section where it, it, it talks about all of these kinds of people that are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. And we read this chapter and we're like, yeah, those are bad people. They need to go in there. And it goes through, through the list. Vile people. Awful people. And, and we categorize them and, and, and we think, yeah, that, that's them. And, but, but as it goes through the list, it says, and, and cowards. And, and as you read it, you can, like, you can kind of track with it. But then it gets to a point where, okay. Um, I think I might relate to that one a little too, too much because courage, you know, some of us, we, we were just born with a yellow streak. You know, some, some have just nerves of steel that they, they can, they can step into any situation. You know, I can step into any situation as, as long as I'm with Ian, <laughs> you know, he, he just, he makes me courageous. You know, I won't bat a knife, but, but on my own, it, it, it seems like um, my, my nerves are a little softer than steel so, some, sometimes. And so, so courage, it's, it's this, this thing that, that seems like it's a, you're kind of like born with it or, 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 or you're not. It's, it's this characteristic. And, and so I, I wonder if how we relate to this word courage is, is maybe a little bit different than how the Bible speaks about it. And if, if I were to give some um, context to this idea of a biblical courage, I would use another word and I would say faith. Faith. The, the ability to believe that, that God is who he is. He is trustable and and. He can do the things that he says he can do. And that's the thing that leads my actions is, is faith. Courage, courage comes from what you cling to. If, if the process of increase is what God has for us, then, then what are we increasing to? Well, you're expanding to be fully who God created you to be. That's the increase for you to become who God has called you to be. And your limit of growth is set by what you fear. And so you can only increase by the level of courage that you live by. 
And, and, and so I, I think, I, th- I think what we need to do in order for us to become fully who God intended us to be is us fully trusting God and realizing that he is able, knowing who he is, that he does love me, that he is the ultimate resource. But I think if we're really, really uncomfortably honest with ourselves, I think that if we fully, I think that we think, because I think this myself, um, is, is if, if, Josh, if I fully trusted God, that God's not going to come through. You, you ever feel that way, Tim? Like if I really put it all on God, like may, maybe he won't come through. And so, because we believe that, we don't cling to God, we cling to other things. And so we have these spiritual life rafts, these things that we cling to so that I don't sink. I, I know there's some things where you're out in the, out in the water and, and you're holding on to them so that you don't sink. There's, there's these things that we've created as our comfort zones that we hold on to and trust. As long as I have this, this is my security and I'll be okay. Some of us, it's money. And if I got enough money, I'm going to be okay. It's, it's my life raft. I, I hold on to it. Some of us, it, it's, it's people's opinions. If people think good about me, then, then, then I'm good. Some of us, it, it's, it's, uh, it's family. It, it, as long as my family's good, I'm good. We, we have all of these different things that we hold on to. And, and as long as I hold on to it and that thing's okay, then I'm okay. And, and, and so we cling on to this stuff and, it, and we believe that this is what's going to keep me afloat. But, but God wants you to cling to him because he's the only one that can supply enough courage that you need for you to fully step into what he has for you. If you're clinging on to something else. And, and another word that we could use to get real sanctified and holy is is. These idols, things that we make ultimate in, in life. And so the process of a Christian, of a believer, is letting go of what we cling on to and clinging on to God alone so that he can increase our courage. And so how do we do that? Well, well, luckily for you, there's a road map to figure out what is it that I'm clinging on to. And, and that road map is a thing called fear. Every time that you get afraid and scared is, is a roadmap to what you have made ultimate in your life. When the finance get a little rocky and you think it's going to be the end of me, that's what you're clinging on to. When, when a family member starts acting foolish, a, a, a son or, or a daughter or a spouse 
and, and you just think like life is going to be over, that's what you're clinging to. So w- fear will point you towards what you are making ultimate in, in your life. Does this make sense? And so what God wants you to do to be courageous is he, he wants to show you how to let go of, of those things and to, to hold on to him. Let, let go of this and hold on to, to him. Let go of that and hold on to him. And that's how you increase your, your, your courage. And, and I want to do that. I, I do. I, I really want to do that. But, but it's so difficult because I, I can feel so insignificant. How about you? I can, I can feel like I can't do this. And, and you heard it in, in, this, in this word. As, as they looked towards something greater that they were heading into. God, I know that there was something so amazing in front of me. I'm, I'm convinced about it. I know that he's got something, and it's so good, and it's so great, and I just can't wait, but, but I don't think I'm big enough to get to it. And they said that we can't do this because we're like grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants. I'm too small for this. I'm too small. And the answer isn't to to look deep inside and see that you're a giant. No, it isn't. It's it's not to look at yourself to to think that you are the greatest thing and that you are the answer. The the answer is is you got to shift the focus because if you keep focusing on small things, you're going to be small. And if I keep just focusing on my small self, I'm going to remain small. And so I got to shift my vision to the great God, the God who is bigger, the God who is greater. And when I change my eyesight from me being a grasshopper to being the one that created the grasshopper and the trees and the planet and the universe, suddenly there's a strength that comes inside of me. There's a courage that starts to well up inside of me. It comes from what I'm focused on. And so when you feel insignificant, when you feel small, the answer is stop looking at yourself and start looking to him. That's what you got to do. That's what increases your your faith. In in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus himself, he talks about this. You're so anxious. You're so fearful. But if you would just know that God, he looks after the birds. He looks after these cute little animals. And God thinks you're even cuter than those animals. How much more then? Will your heavenly father look after you? What what Jesus is saying is the reason that you're full of fear is because you're not thinking. Fear is a result of not thinking. 
You're not thinking clearly about who God is, or you're just not thinking about God at all. You're not thinking accurately about who God is. You got to focus your sight accurately on who God is. You got to go through the good book. We were in the hospital, and we were in this moment of babies coming soon. And and if some of you know us, um, most of you know our our story. We we had a baby at 34 weeks. His name was Ashton, and and now Madeline is being born at 34 weeks. And and there's these similarities, and it's it's bringing out some some fear and some uncomfortable emotions. And 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 what I'm left to do is like I gotta face this courageously. I gotta trust that 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 my past isn't going to repeat the present. That, that God isn't about to, to rob from me. He, he's a good God because we lost our son at 18 years old. And, and, and now we're, we're, we're all over again. And we get fearful. There's, there's real stuff that happened in our lives. And, and that real stuff, it, it causes us to, to not look accurately, to not think accurately about who God is. And, and so, I guess Janet's not in the room, but, but she came on Saturday night, and, and, and we just started reading the Psalms. And, and we started focusing just on who God is. He's my shield. He's my source of strength. He is a strong deliverer. And can I tell you the peace when we accurately thought about who God is? And with that peace, I can tell you it makes you courageous. Faith isn't about keeping you safe and stagnant and stopped. Faith, the peace of God, is the resource that he gives us to go and do dangerous things, to to stretch beyond our capacity, to do things that we never thought possible. And so we fear because we fail to think about who God is. And so I'm telling you, think Think. We're told that Christians are people that don't think. And that might be true for a lot of people. But, but true believers focused on Jesus. We, we think. We think about God, who he is, and that peace, it gives us Courage. And I, I want to land the, the plane on what, what will carry your courage out is your commitment. What are you committed to? What have you resolved in your spirit to do? I, I'm convinced that there's something down inside of you kicking. And, and, and it's not getting the nutrients that it needs where it is. 
It, it needs to get into a new environment to, in order to, to thrive. It's, it's got to get out. It's got to get out. It, it, it's time to deliver this thing. It, 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 the time is, is now. But, but what is it that you're committed to? I got to make a commitment all of a sudden to Madeline. That, that's what's uncomfortable sometimes about a newborn. If we're real honest, like I got to be committed to really look after you. To, to, to really be in this, all in this. It ain't no joke trying to keep a life alive. I, 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 you got to be all in. And, and you know what was fascinating? A little rabbit trail. I was reading that they say that the dopamine that's released when you have a baby, that deep feeling of love is, is there biologically so that you don't just give up on the baby because they're just so annoying. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true. Interesting fact about love. Maybe love is that capacity for us to just keep going, to, to keep pressing in, to, to not give up on something, even though when it's hurting us and, and harming us and sleep depriving us. Because if you're going to give birth to the dream that God has put in you, it's, it's, it's going to cause you some sleep deprivation. It's going to cause you some, some stress. But, but God needs you to be committed to it, to, to not give up. And, and this idea of commitment, it, it's, it's to put, commitment is to put your whole weight on something and to trust that you will not fall through and be destroyed. To put your whole self in it. Like every good action movie, when, when they're in the jungles of Peru and there's that rickety old bridge made of vine and rotten wood, I don't know why they just didn't use pressure treated. You know, something that's going to hold up to the humidity. But you know that scene? And they all, it's always halfway. They put the worst boards in the middle of the bridge. And, and you just see that moment where they're putting their whole weight on it. And they're trying to trust that this is enough. But the reason why we fail to commit to things in our life is because we've seen how the movie plays out. That vine snaps and the board breaks through, and I'm dangling 400 feet above crocodiles and rapids. And so I think it's better for me to not commit, to not put my weight on that board. But you gotta, you gotta commit. And it's the commitment, it's, it's this table that I want to encourage you with. The way in which God encouraged the children of Israel was by reminding them of their salvation. He said, I brought you out of Egypt. I took, I took you out of it. I'm, I'm faithful to bring you into it. What I brought you out of, let that be a testimony of what I can bring you into. 
You got to remember your salvation, what, what God brought you out of, and know that he's bringing in, you into something greater. And so for the people who are self-righteous, who think that I'm a good person and I'm going into heaven, I did this on my own, where I got is a testament to how good I am, you're always going to be fearful. Because the, the moment that you come up to a situation that is bigger than you and, and is bigger than your character, you are going to cower and you're going to run away. But if you are a sinner saved by grace, if you are convinced and you know that there is no way on this green earth that, that I would have a shot in, 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 into heaven except for the grace of God. Amen, Gord? Look we, at the elbows. We, <laughs> we, we, we work together on the warming center and, and we share stories and, and, and we're just two guys saved by grace. And, and, and we know that, that God is good. And so when you have a salvation where it was God that saved you, you know that it's not in my own strength that I am where I am. It's by God's strength. And so you need to remember, be reminded of what God brought you out of so that you know that he is faithful to bring you into something greater. That's how you build courage. Be reminded of your salvation, what he brought you out of. And so we're going to go to this table and we're going to be reminded just of what God has brought us out of and know that he is good to bring us in. And so as we take the emblems, I want us to be still for a moment. I want us to part, uh, posture our hearts to, to God Almighty and, and say, okay, God, remind me of the Egypt that you brought me out of and encourage me towards the Canaan that you want to bring me into. Because this table is, is proof. It's, it's proof that we've been delivered for, from something. We've been delivered from death so that we can deliver life into the world. So come to the table. Uh, take a juice and a bread and, and we'll just stand around our, our seats and we're going to take communion together so, so come up now if you're able I just felt it stirred in, in my heart to encourage somebody who has been feeling like maybe it would just be better if I go back you were brought out of something and, and God delivered you but you're feeling like it's, it's, it's better maybe if I just go back from what God called me out of and I'm reminded of, of Peter who turned his back on Jesus in Jesus' greatest moment of need Peter walked away but Jesus has this habit of coming back and so he came back to Peter and he met Peter in the very place that he called him out of. Peter went back, but God was faithful to call him out again. And so God's wanting to deliver some people today. And what you need to know is that your delivery is for a purpose so that you can deliver something 
into this world, that God has something in you and for you to give. We do this under the encouragement of Jesus who gave it all for us. And he he reminds us constantly to be reminded of our salvation, what he brought us out of by coming around the table and we call it communion where we come to union with one another and with God in remembrance of what he gave for us. So as he gathered his people together, says that he took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it. And he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. Take it and eat. Let's eat together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what was broken in you so that things could be healed in me. And in the same manner, it said that he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he says, this is the cup of my blood that has been shed for the forgiveness of sins of many. This is the cup of the new covenant. Take it and drink. Let's drink together. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you've, you've put things in us. We, we thought only women could give birth, but men and women have all had something placed in them, something unique uh, to bring into this world. And God, it's going to take courage for us to, to take out what you've put in us. It's... it's It's going to take courage. So God, I pray right now that you would increase courage in this room. In the name of Jesus, where there is a cowardness, where there is a shrinking back, that you would bring a a boldness, and that boldness comes out of your peace, and that courage comes from us thinking accurately about who you are, that, that the resources that I need aren't just limited to my own ability, but the resources that I need are in you, and I need to stop focusing on my limited resources, and I need to start focusing on your unlimited resources. You have all that you need to get done what you need to get done. And so, God, I pray that into fruition for people who are not thinking accurately about who you are. God, I pray that I would hear testimony of people taking risks because the Holy Spirit has moved in them and has given them the ability to live courageously. Jesus, I thank you for what is in this room. And and I believe that the people here need to start going to sleep with pads of paper by their bed. Or or maybe the, the notes app open up on their phone because 
You're going to be waking people up with inspiration and ideas and, and thoughts that, that, that are not from themselves, Lord. The, the, these things that you're going to start birthing out of your people to bring into this, this world, Lord God. I, I pray that there would be this miraculous move of God. Where, where people stop clinging to things that are less and start clinging to you. Make us courageous. Make us courageous. And so in the name of Jesus, I pray that your children would receive this word and step into the process of increase. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 May the God of peace be with you and go before you. In Jesus' name, amen.